welcome to a special bonus episode of Press X to Doubt, where today I am joined once again by Brian Keese. Hey there. From the Draft Punks podcast. So again, you guys usually do sort of that snake draft style where you take a list of things, whether it be kings, whether it be um, characters in Hades was one of them. Uh, and y'all sort of go through and you draft and you create this list and you argue about them. Uh, well, not argue, I guess. You you get upset that other people take them, <laughs> I should say. Uh, yes. And so while we aren't going to be doing the snake draft today, we are going to be listing off a couple of our favorite Switch games in honor of the Nintendo fourth year anniversary. Oh, yes. my God. Uh, I just realized on that last episode that we just did, I had totally meant to do the full timeline of Nintendo Switch and go through and talk about its. But, you know, that's not why we're here today. We're here to list off some of our favorite Switch games from the last four years. You've got a list ready. How do you feel about it? I feel I feel pretty strong. I there's a lot of great switch games so this was a it, it wasn't so difficult to make my list it was difficult to pick like the top three what was it right up at the top yeah i had some that really stood out immediately you know i think switch i think these games of course um but then once i'm out of the top probably two uh which i think uh once i'm out of the top two then it does become this really difficult uh what exactly captured me uh, even close to those two, right? And some of these really, really did. Uh, a lot of the games on both of our lists, we had talked about a little bit beforehand that we are going to make sure that um, some of them get their due, and then we will probably give a honorable mentions afterwards to the rest of our list. I have eight on mine. I don't know if you did a full top ten. Uh, I have nine, I think. Okay. Yeah. And those yeah. that... You know, the four through nine, four through eight will just be sort of listed off in a uh, in an honorable mentions category. And whatever we feel like we want to just stop and give a couple seconds to, we will stop and give a couple seconds to. Sound Sounds good? good? Yeah. Sweet. Now, the way that we're going to do this and in episode two, we had talked about doing this with Greg and then we forgot and then it turned into a three hour episode. So we're going to try to stick very closely to this is that I've got a timer. And we are going to give, how long do you think you would need to talk about your number one? Um, see, I always, I always overestimate this. I always think I'm going to need more time than I do. And then I put this pressure on myself to talk about it. And I am left <laughs> with like an extra minute. And I don't want to leave much dead air. I would say, I would say two or three minutes, I think is probably okay. solid. Sweet. Um, we can cut that right in the middle. How about that? We'll do two thirty uh, okay. per game. Sounds good. And so it will be a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, we'll see how it goes after the first one, because again, these top couple games are really big for us. So it may be that it's like we hit that two thirty. It's like, well, well, I got this to say about it real quick, uh, and we'll be a little lenient there. But this episode should be a little quicker, a little bit of a bonus, and hopefully. Uh, Y'all have rejoined us like Brian has this week, and I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So you ready to jump right in? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do 2.30. And as the guest 
I will let you start us off with your number one starting now. Oh, see, that's rude. That's rude. <laughs> on because, the spot. <laughs> because the one I want to pick at number one, I know is one that you want to talk about. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, that is true. We did talk about it. Uh, I would, yeah, we can make the record show. You want, okay. we can start it over. For the record, this would not be my number one pick, but uh, I do want to talk about this game because I love it a lot. Uh, and that is Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I feel like every big Nintendo console has to have its defining Mario game, you know, with the N64, yes. we got Mario 64, with the Wii, it was Galaxy. Uh, and for the Switch, it's absolutely Mario Odyssey. It's it's the closest we've probably gotten to a fully like open world Mario game. There are so many moons to collect in that game that I I beat the game and I think yeah. I collected maybe like 15%, 20% of the actual like total moons in the game. Um, but it's just, it's, yeah, that surprised me too. Yeah. It's, it's a super fun Mario game. It's just like, it's, it's not necessarily doing anything super innovative that other 3d Mario games aren't. It just does it all so well. Um, and Cappy is a super fun yeah. companion all throughout that game. There's really cool Easter eggs and shout outs to older games in the series. I don't necessarily want to spoil a, a bunch, um, but there's like a, a location at the end of that game that uh, harkens back to, uh, you know, the other big classic Mario game. Um, one of them, oh, anyway, yeah. there have been so many, but um yeah, it's. It, I remember going in like on release night at GameStop and getting like my promotional Cappy hat and uh, pin and going home with that and just. Is that what they did for that? Yeah, yeah. I got. I don't have it anymore. I'm kind of mad, but I, I, <laughs> I shouldn't be mad because I gave it to one of my students and he was very happy about it, which is very nice. But I kind of wish I had that oh, Cappy hat. A, that not gonna really lie. Nice, yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. They had like the full size Mario hat that you could wear and. uh uh, yeah, it's it, it didn't release. It's kind of weird because you think about Mario as being like the flagship title for Nintendo. You'd think it would release like with the Switch, but it was actually like six months after the Switch came out. We finally got this Mario game, but it was it was worth the wait for sure. So. That was right on, by the way, like the timer went off right as you said. So uh, do you think what <laughs> did they not I can't remember what the timeline was. They did not announce Mario Odyssey until after the Switch had launched, correct? Or was it? Did they announce it before? That's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure. I am sure yeah. that my two and a half minutes are up, so I don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, you are right. You are right. Um, I, I'm looking now. Um, oh, when did they announce it? Because now I'm curious about it, but. Yeah, I feel like it was after for some reason. I think they give Breath of the Wild its birth, and then they came in with Mario Odyssey a little after, but I can't remember. Mm. Uh, Speaking of Breath of the Wild, what's uh, your first game you want to talk about, Preston? Oh, that's weird. So I was really confused, by the way. Uh, I would have assumed that Breath of the Wild would have been first on your list. but All right. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, we did talk a little bit about Breath of the Wild, or about our list beforehand. And it was decided, Bryce, uh, Bryce, I'm sorry, Brian was nice enough to give me Breath of the Wild at number one. And here I go. Breath of the Wild was it. Oh, man. Sorry, I should not have taken Breath of the Wild from you. I just realized that I would actually 
let me relinquish some time. Uh, go ahead. Talk to me about Breath of the Wild. I just yeah. realized you just came off of a month of Breath or of Zelda content. <laughs> And Listen, I I'm said, not in the business of making other people's points for them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Breath of the Wild. I, I'll give you. I'll give you some time in a minute. But Breath of yeah. the Wild was an absolutely fantastic launch title game. Uh, much less, you know, standalone. It could come out today, and it would still be just as impressive and revolutionary. I think for the sales of the Switch, and uh, that it opened up the same idea of getting the tool. Uh, finding the, uh, not the dungeon, oh my gosh, like the temple, taking those core elements of Zelda and breaking it out into an open world. And not only that, but doing it in that beautiful gouache uh, art style that was super appealing and super impressive, where you would see something that would stand out from across the map, you know, miles away, it seeming. And you would just, it's that I'm going to go there, I'm going to check that out. Oh wait, I'm going to get lost 500 times on the way. I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to fall down this cliff, have to go over to this other side of the cliff, climb up that. And it was very much in the you make your own way through the same systems that they had perfected over the course of uh, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, 30 years about (laughs) uh, by the time it came out. And so it's just this incredible achievement uh that was even i'm still surprised was able to run on the switch much less the wii u uh and so it's something that you can go back to time and time again um i i it the story didn't necessarily you know get me but that wasn't the whole point that that was not the point of that game was not to get wrapped up in the story it was you'll make it to ganon eventually but yeah. unless you're speed running that game, you're not going straight there. You're not like, ah, I'm off to kill again. And it's about getting lost in that world. And that world is perfect to get lost in. Uh, it's you feel happy being lost in that. Yeah, but I do. I do want to give back to you because, again, <laughs> it was a realization. Like as I got it started, I was like, I really actually took like one of your top games of all time, right? Uh, it's up there. It's it's probably a top five or ten for me on my all time games list. Uh, I I remember like I was so hyped for the Switch in general, but specifically this game that uh, mm-hmm. I found a store that was selling Switches like as they opened at nine a.m. And so I had I had gone and camped out the night before. First time I've ever like camped out for a console for myself. I I joined a friend once to help <laughs> him get through the night, but. Uh, I got there at like eight o'clock the night before and there were two other guys in line. Uh, So I got in line behind them and then it was like 4 a.m. I think before anyone else showed up, (laughs) I could have just slept through the night and woken up. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But uh, by the time it opened, there was probably like 40 people in line and I don't think everyone got a switch. So overall, I'm glad I did that. But yeah, I I took the next day off work. I came home at, you know, it was like 930 a.m. by the time I got home with it. And I just like collapsed on my couch and fell asleep for like two hours and then immediately got up and just played Breath of the Wild the rest of the day. And it was like one of the best gaming experiences of my lifetime. Like it was just so new and so fun and so different while still maintaining some of that sense of familiarity of the series that, like you said, we've loved for 30 plus years now, 35 now. Um, It's just it's a fantastic game. Yeah, it's. 
and it's it it saved the Switch's launch, I think, because uh, the other game I bought at launch time was Puyo Puyo Tetris, which like while fun, like that's not a console <laughs> seller. It's yeah. not Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely was a Zelda machine, and I did not get it at launch, and so I scoured Houston for weeks and drove all over the place and dragged a friend and he was very angry with me because we would get places and it, they'd be sold out but it was my Zelda machine that I had to have uh and ultimately was able to get one after a couple of weeks but nice. it, it was smart of you to camp out for sure yeah, yeah the two uh, the two hardest times to get a switch were March of 2017 and March of 2020 like right when the yeah. pandemic hit <laughs> 3 years apart and yeah. and it's weird because uh I think one of our games will also be part of why it was so hard. Just like Breath of the Wild made it impossible to get a Switch, I think. That was let's, the reason why they were sold out. Let's do it. Set I the clock. Two and a two. half minutes. I'm going to talk about Animal Crossing. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, so, yeah. So, my we were talking a little bit before we started recording about uh, we're both teachers and about the whole quarantine at home situation and, and working from home and how that's been. And I remember... Like March 14th was our last day of in-person or no, it was March 13th because it's Friday the 13th. That was our last day of in-person learning and Animal Crossing, I think, came out the week after that. And I got a call. I had pre-ordered it and I got a call on Thursday afternoon that our GameStop was going to release it that night because they were worried about having that many people come into the store on Friday and like overcrowding the store. So if I wanted to come in Thursday night and pick it up, I could. Uh, So I drove in, I got it. And I, one of my biggest regrets is I didn't start it that night. So I couldn't get like a day ahead of everyone. Like I should have just opened it up and done the opening stuff so that I could have gotten everything ahead of everyone else. But then everyone started time traveling anyway. Um, But talk about like a, perfect release time like in the perfect game for that moment where just like everybody is miserable and scared and worried and it's just like here is this comfort food game that you can sink you know 12 hours a day into it's not going to judge you nothing bad is going to happen to you in this game like the worst thing that could happen is a spider bites you and you wake back up and you're fine (laughs) Uh, and I, I think which between, was terrifying, by the way. Yes, but yeah. the spiders are scary. But uh, between <laughs> that game's release, March, like March 20th to like mid May, I think I put in like 300 hours into that game in like two months. It was just like it was the mm-hmm. only thing I was playing during those first couple months of quarantine. And and so it had to make my list for that reason alone. Yeah, I think there so. Have you gone back to it in the past couple months? No, <laughs> I put it, uh, I yeah, put it down either. in June because I was at a point where like, I was like, this is unhealthy. Like how much time I'm putting into this. I put it down one day in mid June and I have not touched it again. And I'm like, I'm at the That's point exactly. now where I'm scared to go back to it because, <laughs> because I know yep. they're all still, I've heard like, Oh, well, but don't worry. They don't move away. And it's like, that's what I'm scared of. I want them to have moved away because I don't yeah, want to be they're judged. Judging you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's painful. Uh, it's sad. They're all going to be very upset. Like, now, yeah. it really was like it was going cold turkey on the day I put it down. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I can't come back to it. Yeah, I did the uh, exact yeah. same thing. No, yeah. I, I loved. And you you I think you nailed it's not just time and place. It, it, 
a lot of it is time and place, but it was just the peacefulness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was peace in a very scary, chaotic time. Yeah, that made absolutely. it absolutely just perfect. My number two follows that almost uh, hand in hand whenever it comes to sort of the oh, wait, hold on, let me put it on the timer. But whenever it comes to the two schools of thought, I think between this style of game, my number two is Stardew Valley. Uh, mm. Stardew Valley, just that I, I've got to admit, I played it a little bit on Xbox. I played it a little bit on PC and then I got it on switch and really dove into it. Uh, played it co-op with a friend of mine from work. Um, and we, I basically got her to get a, uh, a switch again, also for Stardew Valley so we could play it. Um, and it's the same thing as animal crossing. It's just peaceful, but you can get lost in that game because of that 15 minute to 20 minute loop of you can decide to go mining you can decide to do your farming you and go fishing which fishing was my thing and i lost hours and hours and days and days to just going out and perfecting fishing but it is that idea of peace and simplicity uh just any time is also just sort of frightening and you can get lost in it and use it as your own little zen world uh and so Stardew Valley also strikes a nostalgia point for me, whereas one of my first ever all-nighters was playing Harvest Moon 64 with a friend of mine in like fifth grade or something like that, and just playing that 15-minute loop until 8 a.m. and the sun rising and realizing this is a thing. This is like you can get so immersed into these games and into these worlds, and it's just you get all of that again. You get to play that childhood, for me, that childhood nostalgia behind uh, Harvest Moon in a much better, more fleshed out, way more uh, user-friendly and uh, way more sort of, not ingenuitive, I guess, uh, might be a way for uh, to say that, a way that is constantly engaging, right? That loop doesn't become old. And especially with patches in today's age, you can just do it anytime. Uh, it's truly fantastic. Yeah. That game just got some uh, DLC recently too, right? There's like a new island I think you can go to. or Oh, I didn't know it was that big of a DLC. I- I'm not really sure what the new DLC is. Okay. Um, and it is sort of like that same idea like you were talking about with Animal Crossing is one day I put it down and I haven't gone back. Um, and it's <laughs> it's because I know I'll just sink that time into it too. Uh, yeah. But I know Travis is a huge fan of it. And so, yeah, he, uh, he just ordered the uh, the board game that they released recently. Uh, I've been so wanting to put that. Yeah, uh, we're hoping that we can uh, meet up at some point when we feel like it's safe to do so to play that together. Uh, I be really cool. I own Stardew on PC. I have I have tried to get into it multiple times because it is one of my wife's favorite games. If she was making a top 10 list, it would probably be in the top four or five, I would think, for her. Uh, she loves it. She's yeah. put hundreds of hours into it. I still, every once in a while, it's kind of funny, the the dichotomy, because I'll look over at her and it's either like dead by daylight and, she, and we're, she's like trying not to get slaughtered by, <laughs> you know, Freddy Krueger or it's Stardew Valley. <laughs> like, um, but she just absolutely loves it. And I've tried and tried. And I think it's like there's just a, I need a little bit more action. Uh, the farm, the farm life is just yeah. not for me. So um animal crossing but uh not stardew i I just feel like yeah yeah and i don't get it 
exactly either. I've I've had that conversation <laughs> with my wife because she's like, I've said like this is basically Stardew Light is what Animal Crossing is to me, but um, I think it's probably because I had played a couple of the other Animal Crossing, so there was some nostalgia factor in there, like enough to get its hooks into me, and then I was off to the races, but. Um, yeah, yeah. With with Stardew, it just never quite got me the same way. All right. Well, what's your number three? Your last one? Uh, another game filled with peace and harmony. Uh, I'm gonna take Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. They, it's such a kind community. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We don't need to talk about the com- community. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, it's when that trailer came out. I think it was uh. Jeff Markiafava recently was talking about a press event he went to uh, and they invited him into this kind of tent to show the trailer before they showed it to the general public. And he's taking notes, trying to write down like the characters that they're naming that are going to be in this game. Cause that was like the most anticipated thing was like, okay, which characters are going to make it to ultimate because in previous games they had added new characters, dropped some characters. Uh, and so he's like writing it, writing mm-hmm. it. And he's realizing like, it's going too fast. He can't keep up with it. And then at the end, it just says like, everyone's here (laughs) like it's everyone and so yeah like just the the amount of work uh like the amount of copyright issues (laughs) have gone into that game like we will never see anything like uh this franchise like anywhere else it just i don't think it can happen and it's it's incredible that they've pulled it off the fact that they're still adding new fighters to it even if they're uh, they've been a little bit disappointing the last couple announcements i think for a lot of people um yeah, yeah has has just been incredible it's the best soundtrack in gaming you know because you're pulling from so many different incredible franchises like yeah and it's just so easy to pick it up and play it with friends it's they're the learning curve like every character has the same like they have different moves but it's the same buttons to activate those moves and so once you know like the basics it's so easy to just jump in and play so many different characters did you start with uh, 64? Yes. I remember before I even owned it, uh, I had braces in high school and my orthodontist office had N64s plugged into the wall that you could play like while you were waiting for your appointment. And that was one of the games. So Hell yeah. there would always be like a line of kids that were like facing off against each other in Smash Bros, the original. So, yeah. That's really cool. That's a that's a. That's seems like a violent game but i guess like if you're gonna break some teeth that's the place to do it you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. uh yeah it's like a good spot and I've, I've been uh you know i mentioned it on our uh show that we did last week on your press x to doubt show but uh um i've been a jigglypuff main since the beginning once i learned about the rest move her down b that is just like an instant kill yep. but if you miss it you fall asleep and you're just a sitting duck like once I learned about that, I was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to troll as many people as I can. Like, it's so much fun when it's just like <laughs> yeah. a chaotic eight player match and you just jump into this fray and just send everyone exploding off of the screen with one shot. It's so much fun. It is it is probably the perfect high risk, high reward Absolutely. Uh, uh, move in fighting. <laughs> uh, so. Well, so, my my. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, that's 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 my third pick. So. My third pick is also 
involves some high risk, high reward, I guess, gameplay, uh, which is Hades. Um, and I have actually gone nuts talking about Hades over the last, you know, however many episodes. Um, so I'm going to cut this down to about a minute, minute and a half. Uh, okay. Do you also, you have experience with Hades, just not on the Switch, right? Yeah, and that's when you told me this was one of your picks, like it caught me off guard almost because I think of this as a PC game because that's where I've put all my hours onto it. But yeah, it's it's obviously a Switch release as well. So yeah, uh, so I think what I'll do for this one is give a minute 30 and then if you want to follow up, right? Sure. Um, and just for some Hades stock, right? Uh, so Hades, I definitely did. I was not into the idea of Hades whenever it was first released on early access because I'm not a roguelike person. And that's what I would say 50% or more of people that play Hades, probably far more than that. That's part of one of the first caveats that they bring up whenever they talk about Hades is I'm not a roguelike person. Uh, this is not something, but Hades, man, Hades. Uh, it just sinks its teeth into you with the gameplay is really, really incredible. And it still has that loop of, you know, uh, die another day. Uh, you, you go out there, you fight, you die, you get sent back to the beginning. But the progression in between, not only in terms of like your abilities, because it's a rogue light, but also in terms of the story is the most impressive part and the way it reacts to the way that you die. And it's weird because it's just really a couple lines here and there. Like you get uh, Hades might mock you whenever you first come out of the uh, come out of the river, right? Or uh, oh my gosh, and now I'm blanking. But that character that is sitting right there as you come out might say like, "Oh, died to the Minotaur again, huh? He's always killing you." Uh, and it's this recognition of that loop that repeats throughout. And it is this, like, the characters are written so well that you want to win for Nyx. You want to escape for Zagreus, and you want to escape just to say F you, Hades. F you, dead. Uh, <laughs> you know, that whole idea, like, it's just like, I just want out for the characters, not necessarily just so I can complete the gameplay loop. Uh, and it does a incredible job of grounding you in their world while also just making you feel like a total badass the whole time. Uh, but yeah, what, what was your experience with Hades? I mean, you could take, you know, 99% of what you just said and, and and chalk it up for me too. Like you said, I think a lot of people, this was their first entrance into the roguelike category. And I think that's that's probably this game's greatest legacy is that it showed people how good a roguelike can be um, when you inject those narrative elements. Like I'm... I'm probably 100, 120 runs deep in that game at this point, and I still get new dialogue oh, almost gosh. every run. So, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just an incredible work. Uh, and, and the amount of dialogue that they had to record, because that's, that's the thing that's most impressive to me, I think, is that this game is fully voice acted. So the fact that they've recorded thousands and thousands yeah. of lines of dialogue, because you're repeating the same things over and over again, um, it's just incredible. Uh, but yeah, I, I love this game. It was one of my games of the year. Uh, Rob and Travis like to joke uh, that it's the official draft punks game of the year for last year because uh, they had the number one pick in our yep. games of the year draft and took that before I could take final fantasy seven remake. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's oh, it is no. right up there for me. It's it's incredible, uh, and I think it's yeah, it's a great one to talk about here for the Switch because that's that's the thing is all these all these games that come to the Switch late. It's just like oh yeah, being able to take that on the go is such a like an amazing. Uh, like boom right. into that game because you can do a run of Hades in like 15 20 minutes so it's something you can like if you have a lunch break oh I'm just gonna pick up my switch and do a Hades run like it's awesome for that yeah I think uh anything that comes to the switch in that vein it's almost like a second life for it like it's a reinvigoration mm-hmm. of uh the switch gives a lot of these indie games a reinvigoration of its player base and now Hades already had it but uh, just having it on Switch was that extra oomph for me to get into it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that is our three each. Uh, and we are, I, I think we nailed uh, keeping it low or keeping mm-hmm. the time down, but being able to really talk about why these games matter to us and why, like, sort of why they're incredible and why everyone should check them out, right? Yeah, Absolutely. I know you have a couple honorable mentions. I have a couple honorable mentions. We can go through the list. And if we want to give them some time, we can say a couple kind words in their memory, right? Yeah. I I mean, I've got a few, you know, blockbusters on here that everyone's probably heard of. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I've got it. Yep. uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, which I enjoyed. I know there are issues with it, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Mario Maker 2, which I was joking before we started recording, I've probably put more hours into... Uh, watching Mario Maker content than actually playing it. Um, and then just a couple... Are, are they still keeping up with Mario Maker 2 as well? Like, is there still they, content um, coming out, or did they stop that recently? I think the last update they did a few months ago was the final one when they added, like, uh, worlds and things, so people can actually string together, like, a bunch of levels and have you play through them all at once now. Um, I think that was, like, the last oh, big update. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple kind of under the radar ones. Uh, well, it was under the radar until I talked about it all on last week's show. Uh, Murder by Numbers, great Picross puzzle game. Uh, yes. And Golf Story, um, which I'm really looking forward to the sequel to Golf Story, which is currently oh. called Sports Story, but that's all we really know about it right now. That is a really good one. That was an early one that came out. That was my Breath of the Wild palate cleanser, where I would just go and play Golf Story whenever I was feeling overwhelmed with yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and even if you're not a fan of golf, like it's a game that's worth checking out because it's at the end of the day, it's not really about golf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's an RPG that happens to use golf as its mechanics for right. sure. Right. Um, and it it is really, really sweet and really nice. Yeah. Uh, you hit on all of mine uh, where I had Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which I think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it's... Just a, a little golf clap for that, just because of it did what uh, Ultimate did, right? Um, it did it technically before Ultimate. Ultimate copied Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. All right. It, All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where it sort of like, you know, combined everything from the series past and gave you so much, uh, but it didn't quite give you every single thing like Ultimate did. Um, so that was really incredible. And of course, it's still a perfect party game. And then I had Pokemon Sword and Shield and Animal Crossing and Mario, which we had talked about previously. Um, they were on both of our lists, and mm-hmm. I uh, so we divided them up. Did you have anything more? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, a couple more games, especially, you know, we talked about it on last week's show, but 
uh, Arceus if it can if it can live up to like eighty percent of my expectations. I'm gonna be very happy with that game. I think when it comes out, that's gonna be yeah. my next big switch release i think that i'm looking forward to but there's that's the thing with the switch is you think you're looking forward to these huge titles and then they drop these like ridiculously good indie games out of nowhere it seems like every few months so uh you know who knows right. what's next for the switch i just i need them to clean up that store page i need them to clean it up <laughs> that shovelware man it's so so maybe frustrating with the, uh, maybe with the that. switch pro we'll get a store redesign but yeah, I really, really appreciate you uh, staying and coming back on for this little bonus content. Uh, I really hope that everyone enjoyed it. Uh, again, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so so I do a little show, Draft Punks, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. Uh, we are Real Draft Punks is our handle. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Twitch streaming lately. Um, and then we're on all the major podcast apps. If you just look up Draft Punks, we pick a new topic each week and do a fantasy football style snake draft uh, where we pick items from it. And it's super fun. So hopefully we can convince Preston to come on soon. I have some ideas. Uh, Excellent. You know, top Switch games would be a fun one. Um, <laughs> this is just a preview. It's definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but that'll be way down the line, I'm sure. Uh, but I... I, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. Um, and if anyone wants to follow us uh, on Twitter, we are at Pressed Out. And then we are also, I am, uh, Luke and I are both are trying to build up our Twitch page, uh, our Twitch channel, which is Press Exited Out Pod. So thank you, everyone. We're glad you're here. We hope to see you soon. Nope, I said that one backwards. Thank you, everyone. We hope to see you here. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, good night, thank you. <laughs> Every time, every.